0: Uh, looking at a, a Psalm, uh, Psalm 88, um, then, and, and before before I read it, just to let you know that this uh, this particular Psalm is unique among the whole of the Psalter, um, as it is the only Psalm that ends uh, that throughout the whole Psalm has has doesn't have a single note of praise. There's not one part where it where it turns up, where it lifts up, and gives thanks or praise to God. Um, and it's the only psalm in the whole of the Psalter, uh, but it's there for a reason. Um, it's been inspired by God. It's there uh, for us and to be helpful to us. Um, so Psalm 88, uh, given the title of Psalm, a Psalm for the sons, of the Sons of Korah to the Choir Master, according to Mahalath Leonoth, a maskil of Haman the Ezraite. Uh, hear the word of God in this prayer. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you, incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. Like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your ways. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness? or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Uh, Scripture says, The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord uh, endures uh, forever. Uh, It's forever from us. Uh, This psalm is called uh, the most melancholy of all the psalms. Um, it's. I think I saw it described as the dark soul of the psalter, even as the as the black sheep of the psalter. Um, and as you read it, you can hear the tone of it, and you and you get why. Um, every other psalm uh, has some note of praise, or or even as it goes to some of the same depths, turns back up or closes with some note of hope. But not here. It speaks from darkness. Um, and it speaks in a place where it seems like darkness is all that he's able to able to see. Um, but it's included in Scripture for us. It's included in the Psalter for us, uh, which means it's included for us to for worship. That uh, it's it's meant for us because the Psalm, in in, in all of its uh, despair and substance, is still speaks to God, um, and as it does so. It does so to worship. If you ever experience complete darkness, like total darkness, black, can't, uh, can't see uh, anything where your eyes kind of just kind of keep scanning around looking for something to focus on and there's just, there's just nothing. Uh, it's like your eyes are adjusting just to try to find some glimmer of light for, for just a little bit that you can focus on. Um, uh, some of y'all have been with me, when I, one of the times I went to the Florida Caverns I know they, they turned off the lights for a little bit, right? And it's like <clears throat> Looking around, looking around, there's just, there's there's nothing. And and if it lasts like more than a minute or two, you really kind of start to get nervous. Um, Even among a group of people where you kind of know that you're safe on this tour, there's like this laughter because we're actually realizing that we're still afraid of the dark when we can't see anything. Um, The psalmist uses darkness to describe uh, his spiritual experience, to describe his emotions uh, even before God see it three times in particular that that word even comes up and the, the, the concept throughout. verse uh, 6, he says, um, You put me in the regions dark and deep. In verse 12, he asking this rhetorical question, Are your wonders known in the darkness? Which is where he feels God is sending him. And even in verse uh, 18, it closes... Um, with this phrase, my companions have become uh, darkness, where or, or some would translate it, uh, darkness has become my only companion. But the very last word of the psalm. The note that it closes on is the word darkness. The psalmist uh, before God feels like darkness is all that's left, all that's left for him. It's going to be a hard psalm to look at, a hard, hard psalm to, to see. Um, I tell you, as as I've studied the psalm, um, I'm I'm coming to love it more and more. Uh, Honestly, I find this psalm to be beautiful, Um, beautiful and encouraging uh, to us as a passage of Scripture. Because as you look, even from this place of darkness where darkness is all he sees, what you also find here is deep faith. Uh, that calls out to God from that place of not being able to see anything, a uh, deep faith and, and honest worship even in the middle of darkness. Um, I think there's few things as, as beautiful as, as being able to still reach out to God um, from that place of, of, of not being able to see any glimpse even of the gospel. Uh, and I hope it en- encourages you as you... As you experience darkness, <laughs> darkness whether uh, in, in full or in, in, in small parts, I hope you'll gravitate to this psalm um, and even gravitate uh, to its, its beauty, uh, that it might teach us also a bit of honesty uh, in prayer. And honestly, that we don't have to try to cover it up or pretend that, that we can see the light when we can't see it. Um, even, to, even to worship in darkness, uh, from darkness, when all we can see is darkness and there's no glimpse of light or, or, or note of praise in our experience. Uh, you see worship in darkness in this psalm. We'll go kind of the three, uh, three sections of it. First look at the first uh, seven verses as it talks about hurting in the darkness. Uh, the psalmist describes his situation in terms of being in this uh, place of, of this dark and deep. God is putting him, and he's he's hurting in the darkness. The psalmist is in a deep personal agony as he describes it. But everyone everyone's been hurt. Whether you've uh, you know, fallen down and scratched yourself, or bled or been cut, or you've broken bones, or had like you know, serious serious injury, uh, one way or another. And, and more than that, not just the physical pain, but, but everyone experienced the emotional pain uh, of hurt or some circumstances or a friend, uh, pain that cuts deep and wounds that tend to last for a long time. Of, whether that's loneliness or confusion or... Um, <clears throat> or other other hurts of feeling rejected or feeling worthless or feeling anger or or helpless in a particular situation or or, or what, whatever. Uh, and when you're when you're there and hurting, right, it's very difficult to see the light. What you experience is, is what you're feeling and you, you, you your eyes are going around looking for something to hold on to, uh, But it's very difficult to see the light. In the darkness there doesn't seem to be any solution, any help. You're just there Hurt in the darkness, wishing it was different. This is where you hear the psalmist. Um, and the psalmist ex- experiences this fully. And what I love here is he doesn't hold back describing how uh, the depth uh, and, and the darkness of his hurt. And it's kind of surprising, at least to me, just how strongly it's stated here. But it's, a, it's an accurate depiction. It's honest. It's an accurate depiction of the psalmist's emotional hurt. I mean, look at, look at verse 3. Not only does he say uh, my soul is full of troubles, right? Not just I'm having a hard. My soul is full of troubles. I don't have kind of any more emotional capacity to handle any more pain. Uh, whatever experiences are there that can bring you down, I, I feel like I've been filled up uh, by that. But no, not only does he say his soul is full of troubles, he also describes his experience as being uh, closer to death than to life, um, and, and not only. Uh, that, that, he describes his, his experience as being almost like hell. Um, right? He says, he says, and my life draws near to Sheol. Um, right, people sometimes use the phrase, uh, my life is a, is a living hell. And that's close to what the psalmist is getting at here. And it's not something that he's saying lightly. Uh, right? He mentions Sheol as the, as the place of the dead, and in some context it would be translated in terms of hell. The same with uh, the next verse, go down to the pit, or as it talks about the dead, or the grave, or later Abaddon as the place of, of destruction. All this is, is describing the state of death, oftentimes as a, as a, as a rejection from God there. Um, he's describing his experience, that he's living now, that's what it feels like. It feels more like death and life and, and almost like hell. Um, Now, despite uh, Rob Bell's misgivings, if you've uh, you've seen his interviews, or Martin Shearer kind of of getting on him, um, despite (coughs) whatever misgivings Rob Bell or others may have, the Bible speaks about hell. Um, And and Jesus uh, speaks about hell as a place of punishment and rejection uh, from God. Um, uh, It's compared at times to fire and brimstone, or there's a lake of fire and sulfur just to give us a some a sense of it and describe as eternal. Um, and, and it's a place for those who have not loved God and for those whom God has not loved. Um, he right, says, so Esau hath hated that he uh, sends some to punishment and rejection of hell. And the psalmist, as someone who wants to worship God and, and has, is calling on God as his covenant God, O oh Lord my God, uh, the first God of my salvation in verse 1, uh, the psalmist describes feeling exactly that, feeling rejected and punished by God. Look at some of the things he says, verse 5, uh, right? I <clears throat> feel, feel like those whom you remember no more. That you don't care of any promises you might know, covenant uh, care or concern from them, cut off from your hand, it says. Um, Verse (laughs) uh, 6 rejected and removed from God's presence. Uh, You put me away. You you put me in the depth of the pit, regions dark and deep, away from his presence. Um, Feeling hated by God, feeling hurt uh, by God. Verse 7 Your wrath. It feels like you hate me. Your, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and I'm hurt because of you. You overwhelm me with all your ways. It's not maybe what you expect the, the Bible to, to say, not what you expect to open up and, and read in the psalm, right? God, it feels like you hate me, and, and like you're destroying me. Um, but it makes a lot of sense of the hurt and darkness of what we feel when that pain is there. When you experience hurt, it it feels, feels like you're on the way to hell or experiencing part of it if you're not, if you're not there already. Um, when, when things just don't go the way that you wanted them to or when some situation or some person has hurt you and you're feeling even a glimpse of that darkness, what is, it feels like God doesn't know about me. God's forgotten me. Not those that He remembers anymore. God doesn't, God doesn't care about me. Maybe God doesn't like me. God doesn't want me around or want me close to him. And I, I'm trying to it, but, but I can't I can't find my way in. He's pushing me out. I feel like I'm not good enough. Or even feeling like, why is, why would God let this happen to me? God hates me. Why God's wrath. He's 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 angry. God hates me. He's punishing me because I've done wrong, because some, I've somehow not, not made it uh enough. Now, <sighs> That's what we feel. That's how the psalm uh, describes uh, this. And now, in some sense, I think all all suffering uh, is an experience of the curse, and, and hell's the the fullness of that curse. So it makes sense for it to feel that way. Also, once you notice that he uses the word "like" uh, in, in there, he doesn't say it is hell that he's experiencing. Um, but there's a recognition of the reality of his feelings, um, but that, that's not necessarily a reflection of the reality of the situation. Yeah, hell's hell's real, um, and apart from Jesus, that's that's what we uh, would we'll, we'll experience here, um, or deserve apart from Jesus. The experience that the that the psalmist uh, describes is is still true, uh, even for Christians and for those who are following uh, him. We can we can still feel we all sometimes hurt in the darkness and feel like God Himself is against us. What a psalm. Uh, describes it. Hurting uh, in the darkness. What's the first thing you do when you're, when you're hurt? You, you scream, uh, you cry, um, and, and, you're, and you're looking around. Right? Looking around for someone. When you, when you yell or you cry, you, you're wanting to be able to express it to someone. Um, and when you're looking around, you're, you're hoping that there's someone there. Uh, to help, not to comfort, not to deal with it. Listen, um, with, with Daphne and Alice, right, any little thing, they get, they get hurt. Uh, what do you think they want to do? Right, they've, they've got to come and, and like, like they just like bump into you know, the side of the bed, not like it really hurt, but they just feel a little bad. And they're like, oh, they've got to come out and say, oh, I'm hurt because I, I hit the, hit the bed. Not, they're not even expecting me to do anything about it. Um but, but they want to relate uh, in, in what they're feeling, and even with little hearts, they, they used to know they want to see and look at it. Um, who's the psalmist crying out to day and night? right Verse one, I cry out, Day and night before you, O Lord, God of my salvation, uh, he says. And this is why even hurting in the darkness, it's still worship. Uh, it's worship in the darkness because he's calling out to God, even through deep hurt. Um, as you go through the psalm, it, it gets worse, or at least it keeps going. We're only up to verse 7. We'll look at the middle section, uh, verses, um, verses 8 to, to 12. Um, it seems that the psalmist is unanswered in the darkness. And he's hurting, maybe he's, he's calling out to God, but the psalmist here's no answer. Maybe there's, there's a scene like in every horror movie or, or maybe like five or a dozen times in every horror movie where there's people who are together, right, and then, then at one point one of the people has gone off to, to do something just in the other room or, or maybe they've just turned around and all of a sudden they, they think the person's there and they, they don't see him, right, and they call out for him. And if there's not any answer, <laughs> watch out, right? Um, bad, bad things are coming. Uh, and, and they're freaked out and, and scared at that point. Uh, right? Even just in your own experience, maybe you're there in your apartment or your dorm room or whatever, and you think your roommate's there and you, you call out to someone and you don't hear anything. And you're like, what? Like, is, is there actually no one here when I thought there was, when I thought there was people here. Um, this song is describing even just the the, the deep uh, pain of a soul full of troubles, um, and when when we're hurting on the inside, and we call out and there's no one to answer, we just feel alone, um, and we hurt, and it hurts deeper uh, and, and deeper. And you're looking for someone else to care, or to, to just to know, or relate to, to comfort you, but there's no answer. The darkness just feels that much more oppressive. Uh, the psalmist has has no answers. He describes it no answer, uh, no answer from his friends, as well as no answer uh, from God. He says, he says to God, God, you've caused my companions to shun me. Now, now you're even making them reject, and you've made me a horror uh, to them. He feels trapped. He says, shut in, has, has no escape, no, no way out. And it feels like no matter how much he calls out to God, even, even by his covenant name, right, every day I call upon you, O Lord. No answer. He's uh, pleading with God. right? In verse 2, he says, I cry out to you a day and night, uh, incline my, my, your ear to my cry." And you hear him even pleading and reasoning with God. If you look at verses 10 through 12, and the series of different questions, right? These are rhetorical questions that are that are built up. That is, that it, how can it even be for God's benefit to leave him in this place, to to push him, to push the psalmist away from from God? Um, like it says, do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? you, you I, I want to be able to praise you, but you're pushing me away. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? or your faithfulness in Abaddon, the place of destruction? Are your wonders known in the darkness? This is where it feels like you've left me. Are your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? He's pleading with God. These are rhetorical questions that you just expect to answer uh, no. He's pleading with God not to leave him as, as dead in the grave. Uh, he's longing not to experience Abaddon, destruction, hell, removal from God, not having any benefit from God. He would rather live, He'd rather live knowing God and praising God. So why is he having to go through this experience? Why is God not just taking away the hurt? That's what we want. That's what we wish Him to do. These questions go out... With no answer. He wants God to take him out of the darkness, even for God's sake. That's no answer. Now, there are rhetorical questions in the Psalms, but I I think it's still important to notice that they're questions. Um, And some of those questions, when you look at it from the perspective of the whole of Scripture, uh, when you look at it from the perspective of of the, of the cross and the resurrection have a different answer. You work wonders for the dead. Well, well, well wait a second. Um, there's there's an answer to that in Scripture. Um, do the departed rise up to praise you? Yes, in fact, in fact, in Christ they do. In fact, Christ has had a victory over death and sin. He's been raised up and raised up. Scripture says, to the first fruits, and all who follow Him, He will raise up with with Him." Uh, and they will glorify God. They will uh, praise God. In Christ, is a, there's a different answer. There's a resounding yes to some of these questions. Um, Jesus has taken on the experience of hell itself. Right? Jesus has been rejected uh, by God, the things the psalmist uh, feels that he's going through. Jesus has experienced and taken that on for those who trust him. He was condemned. He was rejected. Uh, he was abandoned by God and, and pushed out into punishment. He was the one who was fully overwhelmed uh, by God's wrath and death and punishment, drinking the cup of God's wrath to its, to its fullness. Um, and it says, is your, is your steadfast love declared in the, in the grave or your faithfulness in, in Abaddon? Yes. Yes, precisely there God's covenant love has been shown because uh, he raised his son up from the grave. Raise him up from destruction into the fullness of life as our King, as our Savior. As for the darkness, as it mentions, right, Scripture also says, Jesus, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light sent into the darkness that, over, that overcomes the darkness, that the darkness cannot stand against it. In the whole of Scripture, there is an answer to the psalmist. There's an answer to his deepest uh, fear and his worst uh, experience. His deepest fear of, of God's rejection from him and, and, and even the curse that he's felt so far. But, but it's an answer that the psalmist hasn't seen yet. It's an answer that the psalmist from his place can't see yet. Um, and and you know, uh, morning after morning and day and night, he, he calls and prays before God waiting for this answer. But God had heard the prayer from the perspective of the whole of Scripture. God had heard the prayer of the psalmist and an answer beyond what the psalmist could have ever imagined. Uh, not, just, not just ending some of the hurt that he was going through then for a time to live a nice, longer uh, life before God, only then uh, to die, uh, but a fullness of salvation accomplished in his Son where after that there would be no more possibility of pain or rejection or punishment. But I want you to hear me still in a slowness experience. I didn't know it. Couldn't know it. Darkness. Um, and, and although even for us there's an answer to it in the cross that we can look back on it, it doesn't mean that we don't still sometimes just hurt in darkness. Um, and hurt just like the psalm is given to the New Testament church as well as the Old Testament for, for us to say that there's times when I can't see any light. And how do I relate to God then? How do I relate to God hurting uh, in the darkness? I think too often in Christians, we tend to just kind of trivialize uh, the hurt or just dismiss it, right? Uh, you're hurting, but, but remember there's this hope in the gospel. Remember it will all one day uh, be gone. Remember Christ has taken all that for us. And know we feel as if, Okay, so now I'm not supposed to... So so now my hurt is is illegitimate. Now my hurt has to be covered over and I can't really express that to God. Uh, The Psalms are... Even for believers, accurately and honestly portray out a deep darkness um, that you may go through. Um, Even when the light of the gospel cannot be glimpsed uh, for a time when it seems that there's no hope, Um, we can... You can still end up feeling the oppression of unanswered darkness, just wishing that God would rescue. When it's unanswered in the darkness, there's there's two ways you can respond, right? Um, you, you can stop. You can stop calling out and just conclude that there's no one there and nothing will ever happen. Or others maybe continue uh, longer or call out louder, waiting until there's response. And the psalmist uh, continues to worship in the darkness. Without a note of praise, without knowing what hope there might be, without any thankfulness, and still from where he is expressing that to God and and calling out to God to do something, even when he hears no answer. Waiting for a rescue. Hurting in the darkness. Unanswered in the darkness. And thirdly, left alone uh, in the darkness. In verses 13 to, to 18. I still, the psalmist, It almost feels alone. There's times that it's nice to to be alone, to have a little bit of space, to process your thoughts, to, to go through things, not have to deal with other stuff, but when it feels like you have no one to go to, no one you can relate to, um, it's miserable. I um, mean, you feel empty, and, and particularly when it feels like you're, you're intentionally being rejected by those people you wish you could go to. They're shunned, uh, the way it describes here. Uh, verse 8, and I continue, you cause them to shun me. Um, deeply, deeply uh, indescribable sorrow. Uh, for, for the psalmist, the experience of hurt in the darkness continues. Um, and He particularly emphasizes feeling that God has intentionally pushed him out. Right? Look at verse 13. Um, verse <clears throat> 14. Um, o Lord... Why do you cast my soul away? You're throwing me out. Um, why do you hide your, your face from me? You, you've closed the door on me. Uh, he, even his, his closest beloved and friend, I have to shun him, it says in the last verse. He calls my beloved and my friend, I have to shun me. You've he, taken, taken away even... Even the people that are around me, people who, who love me and who I love, who've always been there for me, and now, now they're being removed. Now they don't even want to be around me or, or talk to me, and, and you're pushing me out. It's a dark place. So the psalmist is feeling. All, uh, all that he feels is left to him is darkness. My companions have become a darkness. Darkness. Not to me. Now, again, we said before, but to, to bring it out, you can, can be a difference between feeling and, and reality that the psalmist is expressing, and what the reality is doesn't doesn't change the way that we're we're feeling in it. This is really what he's going through, and really what he's he's feeling. But there's also a different perspective on it, and you could. Flip over a little bit later to a psalm that in some ways relates to it, but, uh, but adds a different connection to it in Psalm 139. Right? He's, here he is saying, listen, I'm in darkness, I'm in the depths, and, and you're not there. You've pushed me out, and there's no connection uh, to you. How does Psalm 139 say that? He says there's no escaping God's presence. Right? So if, if where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend if I to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol... Then I, then I found a place where you'll never go because you pushed me there and that's away from you. If I make my bed and you're there. Um, even, even goes on to say in verse 11 and 12, uh, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me night, even the darkness is not dark to you. and Night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. God is present in reality and and even taking care of him. Uh, But but the feeling and the experience doesn't change after the psalmist. Uh, All he's able to see is darkness. The psalm closes on that note, on that word. He feels left in the darkness. So it's a hard psalm. Uh, But but the the psalm is here for you. It's here for us. Um, because we go through this. You have, or you will, maybe you are, Um, you have and will feel left in the darkness. You'll feel hurt. You'll feel God unanswering you, not answering you, and you'll feel alone and abandoned. It comes at this psalm. It's teaching you still how the psalm is given for worship, how to still worship God in that place, still calling out to Him without praise or thanksgiving, but still calling out in faith. Listen, when this is not what you're feeling, this is not just given to an individual to, to worship, but for, for God's people. It's to be reminded that the people are in that place and to be caring for them and in, in that, singing it with them. Um, but also to encourage you when you when you are in that place, when this is exactly how you're feeling to for it to teach you what to do with it. But you see oh, the beauty of it that here I don't know how you could express a much darker place than this. Um and even here, Christ is enough. Uh, the gospel is enough of what he has worked in him, so when he sees no glimpse of hope, still he calls out, Oh, Lord, my God, uh, my salvation, hear me. I don't see you doing anything, and I keep calling out to you, please, please answer me. All I see is darkness around me, because you're the one that I go to. You're the one that I need, whether I see it or not. I've got nowhere else to go. When all the eyes can see is darkness, when all the heart can feel is, is, is oppression and, and, and hurt, there seems no answer and no rejection. Uh, still, faith calls out to God as Lord and Savior. Uh, the way the disciples uh, said to Jesus, well, To whom, whom shall we go? Uh, you have the words of eternal life. It's the only place for us to go to. Let me put it this way to ask you this. Lord of Caverns, if you found yourself left in the darkness in Florida Caverns, what would you do? You're there, someone knocked you over the head or you, uh, uh, what I, what that guy say? Uh, you crown yourself against one of, the, uh, uh, one of the things and you got knocked out and no one, no one noticed you and you're, um, you're, you're there in Florida Caverns and they've gone on by the time you wake up you, you can feel, feel a little hot wetness uh, around you, you're hurting, no one you can see no light that you can see. Nothing that you can hear. What well, do you do? Um, <clears throat> you can try groping around for a little while. Huh. Maybe you have a map in your head as you go through. Uh, uh, I don't think you're going to get anywhere without light. I can tell me what you would do. You, you'd call out. You, you don't hear anyone answering. <laughs> you're, like, you're still like, hello, somebody. Right? If it goes on all that day and you don't hear anyone are still grubbing around. You're still in the darkness. What do you do? Keep calling out. Um, and you, you fall asleep and you wake back up. And what's the first thing you do in the morning? You, you, you call out. Uh, and you keep calling out. Because there's someone that can help you. Um, they're, they're not here. They're, you're not seeing anything done. But you would, keep calling. And so it is in the psalm. It continues to call out to God. He knows that he needs the help. He knows God's one that can do it. He doesn't see him doing it. But still he calls out. His faith knows nowhere, nowhere else to rest and wants to go nowhere else. It teaches us to continue to call out to God, even to worship in the darkness, and worship from the place of darkness where there's no day of praise. Down the end, Scripture gives the answer that there, there will be no more darkness. Uh, the new heavens and the new earth, there will be and no night there, it says for the Lord God will be their light. In um, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, the glory of God and of the Lamb uh, will shine, there will be no night there, no darkness. As long as we feel left in the darkness, we call out to God from the darkness. That's a worship in the darkness too. Uh, because the note that the psalms on is still... All the node of darkness.